Right, hear the call. It's swelling, it's swelling to episode 93 of Granny's Peach Tea. Thank you for joining us, everyone. Episode 93, the first and only episode without Ed, our normal host. Unfortunately, Ed, and I know I know Ed told you this, Rick. He he ran afoul of some red kryptonite this week. And we know, watching what we've been watching, we know what happens when you run a Fowler and Kryptonite. All right, earlier, later last week, the 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 man was fighting himself. Today, he's running the flu. Uh, I don't know. Tomorrow, next time he'll return, which will be apropos for this episode. Um, but joining me instead, while I take reins, while I take main host duties, and boy, what a mistake that was, Ed. But my my co-host today. A uh, friend of the show and usual pop-in and co-host, Rick. Rick, how are you today, my Live friend? Live from St. Petersburg, Florida. Glad to meet <laughs> everyone today. Glad to be the Jason Fischetic of this episode. Um, or or the Ed Camus of this episode, whichever one we need. I'm ready to be, I'm ready to be one or the other. Um, one thing I did want to note is... Uh, Eddie went through a lot last week with all the apologies to all of his friends. I don't he know did. if people out there know. Uh, <laughs> you know, we, we've known each other since, you know, we were children. And Eddie, he might have ruined a lot of relationships or made people view him different ways <laughs> after forcing them to go through the rewatches of, uh, you know, Superman oh. 1, pretty good. Superman 2, Superman 3, Superman 4. Super girl, super duper. Here we are today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This this has been an experience, um, and I'm I'm excited to hear your thoughts, and I'm excited to hear uh, our guests uh, guests thoughts. Grogan and I think Tim is showing up today uh, about the movie we watched today because this this is different, but it's odd, and and I'm so I'm curious what everyone thought about it. It's going to be an interesting conversation because it it's not going to be the normal banging on. And it's also not going to be the like hold hands and, and, and praise it together. It's going to be strange. Yeah. I think this is going to be divisive. I think some people might have really liked this. Some people might have hated this. Um, and as host, I'm just going to have to remind us all that this we can agree on as a movie. And therefore, we are in a better place than we were with Supergirl last week. Because that, I still say, was not a movie. <laughs> stays within the bounds. It stays with the bounds. It might even be a Superman movie. It might it, even. It, be yeah, I think movie. I think this is a Superman movie. I think I I think that, that an argument could be made that this is a movie, and this is a Superman-driven movie, which is. I don't know that that it has a leg up in at least two movies we reviewed so far. Yep, yep. And I, I got a little story 
about what happened last week when I was expected to be here for Supergirl. Seems I ran. Yeah, that's right. You watched this movie. I watched Supergirl. Did not come on the show and twice because I didn't believe what I watched. You know, between rape attempts, (laughs) naivete, and and just everything in between. Uh, I, I watched it twice and I ran afoul of some synthetic kryptonite prior to the episode. And, you know, my hair was falling out. <laughs> I was rapidly aging. Luckily, my dad left me a crystal for the third time. So oh, that's good. That's 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 really, really thoughtful that your dad left you all those crystals. <laughs> <laughs> this series of taking so, people out one yep. by one. One by one, people are getting taken out by the Superman series. It's true. <laughs> I just, but I, we, we were talking last week about how, just how sad it was that for you that you watched Supergirl and you did not able, you were not able to come on and and let it go and vent and be and take the apology. So you know, it, it, as as a the dual representative uh, of Granny's PhD as the host this week, I. In reparations, I offer you an apology for having to watch Supergirl twice. Thank you. I'll accept it on behalf of everyone that listened to the podcast and went running and screaming to HBO Max to watch this film that was dubbed, you know, some actors in front of a camera. (laughs) That was all it was. (laughs) Oh, but let's let's not belabor the Yes, let's let's let Supergirl die in our minds and our memories. Let's let her go. Um, but let us jump on top of Doom Patrol season four, episode five, Youth Patrol. Now, now, Rick, you this is the first time you're joining uh, us for Doom Patrol recap. But you said you've been watching the show and you're up to date. So, what's your like? What are your thoughts on Doom Patrol overall? So <clears throat> I agreed with you guys. Uh, well, overall, it's um, I love these weirdo shows. I, I've started a rewatch of Legion recently. Um, I think Legion is I like Doom Patrol if Quentin Tarantino did it. You know, like it, or, or uh, Stanley <laughs> Kubrick, or if Stanley Kubrick was in in charge of Doom Patrol, you would get Legion. Um, <clears throat> it makes you think. It's super dreamy. It's shot beautifully. It's acted well. Um, I love the crossover scenes with Muppets and, the, you know, the insanity of the butts. Um, you know, I recently rewatched <laughs> a couple of episodes of uh, Peacemaker, which I got to tell you, after a rewatch of Peacemaker, I don't know how it made She-Hulk look worse, but it did. I, I don't I don't know how the two have anything to do with each what? other, but rewatching Peacemaker... Yeah. <laughs> Made me dislike She-Hulk, but um. Anyway, Doom Patrol, I really but I think, hold. But in you this were disliking decent... She-Hulk anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But it really sits in this really happy spot for me. When I watch Doom Patrol, I know that they're kind of making that show for me, and and like open-minded people like me that are willing to go down whatever rabbit hole they want to go into. And I I really like that they try to follow the comic books a bit. Um, but there's you know so many left turns and right turns. Um crossover with titans which i love um it's i'm really happy with doom patrol and i haven't uh, i haven't spoke about it much this season because this was uh doom patrol and titans this season were rough starts for me on both on both ends 
Mm-hmm. Um, I think Titans finished up really well, but I didn't love the way that it started off. And Doom Patrol, I didn't love the way it started off. But this week was an episode that reminded me of why I love Doom Patrol, why I tune in, what nice. I want to see. It, you know, unlike last week, which uh, it was a little rough for me, even though I love um, Denny or Danny. I love Danny. Yeah. And I love the Denizens. Like, I, you know, I, it's, it's a fun portal and character and a thing that they always use it for. But I was missing Robot Man. I was missing Crazy Jane and, and, and uh, you know, all the characters to make the show what it is. Yeah, that's that's what we said last week. That I, I actually really like that I forget her name, but the character of Niles Calder's daughter. And I, I would have been cool if that episode was half about her. But right. The fact that it was only at least about her, and B plot. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it, it wasn't um, like uh, the... when Mandalorian stole that, you know, the uh, Boba Fett episode, and it was, you know, season three of Mandalorian. Like it, it wasn't that. Oh yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's yeah. What they no, wanted, it, but it wasn't that. It wasn't. No, it it wasn't that. I I think they wanted us to care about that character because she's coming back, and it's like. We haven't seen her in a while. Just we less is more in this this particular instance. Um, but this episode does bring us back to the main storyline, the the Doom Patrol, and this is the 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 A and we'll talk A and B plot. So the B plot, we get that over quickly because it's kind of a shorter one. Is Negative Men, uh, who is looking for Keeg, and he finds uh, Mister One Hundred Four who is Mo Hinder from Heroes. And they, uh, you know, they go and have it out. And Keeg is in Mo 104, and he is uh, pretty much putting uh, a negative man through this whole mental thing of uh, spinning him around and making him either watch Mr. 104 kill a bunch of people uh, by pretty much bringing water into the air and suffocating them, drowning them, and he's watching it like they're on the air base that he was he used to be on, and then uh, later on that you see it's actually uh, Keeg has put him, the negative man, in the uh, the chair, and Mohinder or Mister One Hundred Four is watching other people die around him while they take his bandages off, and it's the radiation poison. Uh, and then the whole thing is an exercise that Keeg was trying to get um, he, uh, Negative Man to figure out was that this, what needs to be done is to kind of accept that this guy, Mr. 104, whoever he is, even though he's the bad guy, needs help. And there's a, a nonviolent way to get around it. And that's how uh, Keeg returns to Negative Man. So that's that's kind of the B plot taken care of of this. Great part of the storyline, too, is that was going on yeah. for a little while. Yeah, it was very. It was. What did you what did you think about the the the, the fantasies that Keeg was putting them through where, like, at first, negative men watching Mr. 104 murder a bunch of people with like by drowning them in the office. And then it's him actually murdering people through the radiation. Like, I, I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, well, um, the whole being weapons thing—that's you know—that's the whole for me. It's the whole plot of a uh, of a uh, Doom Patrol, is that all these people who are beholden to Miles Calder, you know, and they found out that 
what he did was he he basically just weaponized. He selected and then weaponized people, you know, to do his bidding. And then he kind of isolated them on top of that. Characters is they are weapons. The military doesn't want to use them for good. And they're isolated. And, you know, they're being forced to kill. It's The whole thing is it's it's really rough. It's it's putting each other in each other's shoes. Um it's uh, it's beating something home for us, the fans that are also watching. You know, um, if we would have just seen the one experience, that'd be one thing. But then seeing the two, it, it's really hammering things home for us. Yeah, that's. I think that's an excellent way to put it, and I, I like that what you said, right? That the Doom Patrol is also is ultimately about people with powers being weaponized, and I think that's interesting because that's what Madame Rouge is playing out and her whole arc this season is the fact that she was someone responsible for weaponizing people like this. And now they've asked her to sort of do that again for the greater good. So it's really interesting that you, uh, that you kind of hit the nail on the head with that. Cause they're, they're still exploring that with even the newer characters. Yeah. And you bringing her a bit in the comics recently, I, I've gotten access to the older ones online and I didn't know that they kill off Elasti Woman and Madame Rouge actually becomes the leader. I don't think that that's what oh, they're, they're going to do either. with this season. But it really looks like they're trying to go in that direction, you know. Um, I don't know. I don't see them going that way. But they're kind of setting it up to go that way. What do, you, what do you think about that? Or do you think Rouge, I mean, do you think she really has uh, an opportunity to you know have a new patrol to really become a leader with them i i think she does i think by the end of this season i think she's going to be the real bona fide accepted leader um i but i don't think they're going to kill elastigirl i don't i i think and and i think the the whole point of her arc elastigirl and madame rouge's arc in this episode where because the whole episode the whole a plot is uh, one it's the kind of a take on one of my old Buffy the Vampire Slayer episodes, one of my old favorite episodes, where everyone's a teenager. Well, there you go. Now you got to deal with that. <laughs> You're de-aging quickly. It's, you know, it's it's like an old sci-fi fantasy trope done really well here. And mm -hmm. uh, it all starts off because Elastigirl is aging, which she's never hasn't done in, you know, a hundred years. And we find out that the reason about that is because Immortus is this guy who's immortal, and Calder ground up parts of all of the uh, of what he had of uh, Immortus. He had a small part and fed it to the Doom Patrol to keep them immortal. And that is what they were harvesting back from Elastigirl in uh, two episodes ago. So she's seeing that she's older. She, of course, goes and looks for, hey, it's an experimental magic potion that will reverse aging and it's dangerous i'll just use it on everyone ha ha and laughter ensues um but her whole arc with madame rouge is her actually forgiving madame rouge for all of the past stuff and madame rouge mm -hmm. actually wanting showing the genuine desire for for that forgiveness so i think because they're exploring that i don't think they're killing elastigirl but i think they are setting madame rouge up to take the the reins of the team Sounds good. Sounds good. Um, and then so just to get the the arcs for the other characters, uh, 
Cliff's arc, because I'm saving Jane for last because she's my favorite. Uh, she's my favorite arc of the episode. But Cliff's arc is he gets super stoned and, and goes, hey, no one asked me how I'm doing, guys. I'm throwing a <laughs> rager with these teenagers we picked up at the Texaco. He's turning into Mr. Popular from high school again. The over-the-top exactly. attention horror. He's, he's, he's turning... Yeah, he he he's I think he's reverting more than anyone else. Everybody else is kind of like being um what do you call it? more uh, open or expressives. He's just fucking turning into a whole other person. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, um it really it's is. really it's really interesting and um I don't want to gloss over how funny Robot Man was with the jizz jokes. When they were, uh, when they were taught, <laughs> when they were taught, <laughs> they're gonna be reverting back to this, to that, to back in your dad's nutsack. He, him, and Crazy Jen were kind of killing that part. No, that was hysterical. That was hysterical. Uh, and I and I like that interaction. Would do? Would we have been friends in high school? Right? He asks her, and Crazy Jane's like, "You were popular, weren't you?" And and then she admits, like, "I actually wasn't here. I wasn't." personality i wasn't even created yet she had their direct quote is kate didn't shit me out until after her 20s and that explains a lot all the way back to season one you know why she yeah. seems to be the one of the more adult versions of, of jane however she's kind of like a kid a lot of times but the way she treats things she never had a youth I think that's an interesting angle that they, right. uh, I mean, if she never had a youth, none of the personalities had a youth. No, absolutely. And I think that's actually the whole point of Jane, right? Because, uh, or Kate, because Kate was so traumatized at such a, at such a young age that none of them had a childhood. And that's why she's got all of these altars. Um, and I, I love that Jane as the main altar, like she gets stoned, she's listening to music starts to masturbate and then like she brings herself directly back into the mind and she thinks someone in the mind in the underground has brought her there and i think that's like that's a very interesting and super cool way to show that she's trying to explore what it is to have this body without the attachment of my whole job is to protect k because k said don't protect me go do something else and now she feels guilty about it. And I love that, like, doing these normal, small human things makes her feel so guilty that mentally she's brought right back into her psyche. That's a great point. That's a great point. I was thinking I was thinking about that a lot. Why, you know, her reverting to these things, her having to feel like she's got to explain herself for these things. Uh, like you said, when they when she went down, She's like accusatory immediately, you know, like somebody that got busted doing something, and they're all like, "Dude, you just showed up!" Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, right. We didn't uh, bring you here. <laughs> um, no, it's her character could spin off to her own show, especially you know, like I said, with me rewatching a bunch of these Legion episodes recently, that character could be a show herself. Um. And I think they have oh, a lot more. Sure. To, I know I mean, they dove into season two was heavy on her. Like they dove into her a couple of times, but I, I just, I love the character. I think that they should drive behind her even more than they do. 
Yeah, I, I love this character. I think, and I love the actress too. She's she was from um Orange is the New Black, right? She was one of the uh the girls on that. Was she? Would I think so. I think she was I uh, I never I a show, but I missed it when my wife was okay. uh, was was on her binge of it. Yeah, my my wife and I got into it at the same time, so I watched it for a while. Um, but yeah, no, but I love I love Crazy Jane as a character. I love the actress. Um, and yeah, and and that's so that's the episode. Except like uh, Willoughby, oh, we, I forgot Willoughby comes back, who's not Constantine, but like could, very easily could be. But I guess is a Doom Patrol guy in the vein of Const Constantine, yes. <laughs> Um, but I mean, he's been on the show before. He's the one that you know uh, made them all the right size for a price in the beginning of season two. So he's been there. But now he's back to tell them about Amortis, and Amortis is an eater of reality, and he wants his pieces back from them, and he's got already two. And uh, he, in the weirdest scene in the episode, saying a lot, he pretty much gets his magic back and gets re-aged through Bunbury, which is the magical bunny, which, I don't eats the soul of a baby? What the fuck happens at the end of this episode? That's, I think that's what happened. <laughs> I think that's exactly, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's exactly what happened there, unless, uh, he just ate all of, uh, you know, all of the stuff that Calder put in there. And then the baby aged back up. And they no longer have a... I don't know. I don't know. It's uh, it's great use of a bunny. Probably some of the best use of a bunny since uh, Search for the Holy Grail. Like, that's what was going through my head during that scene. I was like, if that thing starts flying around... <laughs> best episode ever. I was going to say... I was gonna say, yeah, the second best to Holy Grail because that, that the Holy Grail had some amazing bunny work. <laughs> uh, all right, uh, anything anything we missed? Anything you want to talk about to add on to Doom Patrol before we return to the Superman uh, franchise? Um, yeah, I want to get your uh, your opinion on what's going on with the Cyborg storyline um, because sometimes it oh, feels yeah, like we didn't you touch know, on he's another one miss my childhood uh miss my boys but then there's a lot of scenes in doom patrol where i feel like uh you know what i mean there i feel like there's more secrets to cyborg than than we're getting than we know um i feel like they're showing some of them to us blatantly but it could be the trees for the forest. You know, I, what do you think about that character and everything that he's going through? I, I, I think his, I think his, his arc is interesting. I think his arc is interesting, but not as entertaining or interesting as anything else going on. Like, like I hope, I hope you're right. I hope they're leading to something that I'm not seeing. Cause to be honest, I completely lift him out of this episode and I normally really like his character, but I've just found him so, forgettable this season and i think like so the, yeah his character like he becomes uh, a teenager and he's kind of a geek and then when he becomes a preteen he goes to his friend Derek's house who's the guy who he built the robot with um that we found out a couple episodes ago and 
we know that he's thinking about him because in the beginning of the episode, he's holding the robot that they both built together. Um, but yeah, I hope they do something interesting because I think it's cool that they're trying to set up like, hey, this guy misses this connection with his past. But with all the other stuff going on, it's just not landing as well for me. I mean, I, I don't know. What are your thoughts on it? No, that's exactly that's exactly where I'm at. Is like, it's not landing well with you because it, it's not landing on anything. Like, <laughs> like, what are you saying? Like, yeah, for me, that that's what I'm getting. Is it, it's like, you know, he all right. He you know, at this vulnerable moment, he shows up to his boy's house. What is he there for exactly? I guess that's next episode. We'll find out. But like, so much of what he's going through is it's always vague. It's always vague. It's always, you know, his dad turned him into a weapon. And it's his dad did this. And his dad did that. And now he doesn't want to have cybernetics. And, oh, everybody thinks he should have cybernetics. And now he's got a new role on the team. And it's like, it's always, um, <clears throat> it's like we're playing chess and he's a pawn that you're just moving forward and back when you don't know what's kind of like what I feel like is going on with him. Like we're, we're not getting anywhere. He looks different. And, and that's, that's, that's about it. You know, his his character design looks different, but like, what's going on with him? Yeah, at least that that's how I. Yeah, I agree. I agree a hundred percent. Like, yeah, like what's going on with him? Like, do something. Like, he's a good actor. He's right. They've done interesting things with the character up until now. They actually had like a super interesting moment with the character in the first episode where he meets his future self and. You know, he wants to, like, go out guns blazing to save his future self. But, yeah, since then, we haven't really had much to do with him. So, hopefully, I mean, I have faith in the show because it's usually, it hasn't disappointed me. But hopefully that they've got their eye on where that's going. Hopefully. All right. So, I guess that leads us to Superman Returns. And speaking of returning... Uh, returning to the show uh, for the fifth or sixth consecutive episode, Mr. Steve Grogan, how are you today, sir? What's up? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yep. We can okay, hear because you. I had yep. to replace I had to replace the microphone like in a different spot, so I didn't know. All right. Gotcha. You can hear us. We're all good. Yeah, yeah, we're all other. good. Yep. All right. All right, so he, so here we are at wait. I, let me change the banner. Ed usually does this, and he usually does it without commenting on it. But I'm not as good there as Ed is. Go. Uh, so I you're doing fine. I've been watching doing. it. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, I, turned, right, I, I got so on, like I, I got on before... backstage, and you guys were talking about like masturbating and stuff. I have no idea, but it's it's been going well. <laughs> That was, that was Doom Patrol. That minutes. was the show we were just talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> I've never watched it before, but I'm going to start. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of jizz jokes just this episode. Yeah. All right, so I think before we get into discussing this movie for what it is, I, I want to ask you guys to uh, place it in, like, in the pantheon of all the Superman movies we've done. Where would you put this movie? Uh, I'm going to start because I just sprung this on you guys and I didn't tell you in advance. So I'll give you some guys <laughs> to think about it, uh, time to think about it. But I, I think that one and two, Superman one, Superman two, I think 
in that order are my favorites at this point. And that, so that changed on this rewatch for me because it used to be two. But then there's this movie, Superman Returns. So it's one, two returns. And then I'm going to go four, three, and Supergirl, which I think we can all agree is at the end of every list. So whatever whatever we're going to say about this movie, and, and I don't know what you guys thought about this movie, I, I do want to put it in the context of I do still think it is the third best Superman movie in this run. Okay, Rogan, what did you uh, would you follow? I'm cutting, I'm cutting out and cutting in because I'm on a delay, so I'll be right back. Okay, so then, Rick, where did you where did you fall on this? Like, where would you put <clears throat> this movie so, in, in the list? Un- unfortunately, I I still haven't seen the original Superman movie, uh, and I know that's going to be the best out of the okay. bunch. That's what everyone says. Uh, I mean. <laughs> yeah, it's to be the, the best bad movie but um i mean but it might be a good movie <laughs> but this one um i i found it really inner uh it was slow in times but it was entertaining at times um i would probably say it's the best superman movie that i've seen so far while we've been on this uh while we've been on this um you know this binge uh, I'd say it's better than two. I'd say it's better than three. I'd definitely say it's better than four. Uh, and I'd definitely say it's better than Supergirl. Um, what's weird for me is I, and you guys can tell me what you think about this, but I feel like this movie lacked a fight scene, number one. And I feel like mm-hmm. um, it lacked the blockbuster feel. Like, I don't feel like there was a blockbuster feel to the movie. I didn't feel like Superman was special like I did with Christopher Reeves where he's captivating and he, you know, he dominates the camera, good or bad. But, you know, you can't take your eyes off of him. I, I felt like this movie lacked that. Even Lois Lane in, in the original series, you know, she commands attention. Um, I don't feel like anyone in this film demands attention at any point while on camera. Not one of them. And I feel like that's the only thing that, that's lacking. Excellent. Uh, Grogan, what about you? Where, where would you put this movie in in the list? Dead last, even after Supergirl. Holy shit! <laughs> I've hated this. I've hated this movie for a long time. Okay, and on the rewatch, first of all, I had to do it today because I had a really bad work day yesterday, so I had to do it today, and <laughs> it was. I mean, I mean, Avatar long. Honest man, didn't need to be, and (laughs) it is long, and that's with them even rushing the beginning, which is like the you know, all right, like they give you just a little synopsis at the like you know, the written thing where that's like, okay, well, you know, Superman was sent here by his father, cool. I mean, that eliminates the whole first hour of like the first Superman, (laughs) you know, like you could just that's it, we know that now, and they sent us Superman, so like without that, they still made it like almost three hours and you felt every minute of it um super girl at least was like entertaining for how bad it was but this one almost pretended that it was good and i don't like that i don't like that <laughs> i'm thinking i'm picturing like little cindy ralph 
like going to Thanksgiving and telling her like boyfriend, you know, my uncle Brandon's going to talk about how he was in Superman and you know, the boyfriend gets all excited <laughs> and, and like, Oh, I love Superman, but no, he was in that one. That's how bad it was. <laughs> it really wow. made me mad that they probably like all put this together and everyone was excited about it and how it was going to be received. And it was, it was so bad that it just insults me that it was made. Wow. So that's where I'm at. Dead last. Wow. I, wow. I am, I am crestfallen. I, <laughs> I'm not saying that I think this is a good movie. Cause I don't, I don't, I actually think most of these Superman movies are not good at all. But yeah. to hear you say that soup, the experience known as Supergirl, we couldn't even agree, we agreed it wasn't a movie last week. Yeah, but at least wow, we had fun I, talking I just, about it. You know what I mean? This one, it's just like fair enough. Yeah, like it was like at least you could like laugh at some of Supergirl. This one, like, like I said, tried to be a good movie, and like the amount of money that went into it could have like saved starving children. <laughs> all right sense. all right so uh <laughs> so i have it middle rick you have a pretty darn high and and Grogan <laughs> dead last so that this is quite the panel to talk about this movie um all right so let, let's talk about its connection since we're talking about the other ones let's start with this connection to one and two uh Rick, since since you you were the the person who liked this the most, you saw two, right? You you just just yes. one. You didn't. I, I only didn't see one. Yep. All right. So, how do you feel this movie? Like, what kind of what kind of job do you think it did? Pretty much wanting to function as Superman three. Do you think it was connected enough? Do you think that it did a good enough job hooking into the source material, the prior material? So this movie, when it came to that. Uh, because I had to like look up what the heck was going on. Like they they feed you a, a screen crawl in the in the opening that's like, hey, all this stuff happened, Superman, you know. <laughs> Which according to you know the Supergirl <laughs> episode was all it needed was that to explain how all of those people lived on that one place, and you guys would have all accepted it. So <laughs> would have been something. Would have been something. This could all. I, I, but before um, you go, Rick. Yeah, before you go, like just look, yeah. I, I read a thing where they said. Technically, you can count Supergirl as the one before this because it explains why Superman was gone. Correct. Oh. And I didn't think about Correct. that, but so when I was this, reading about the movie. Because it's Supergirl, he's gone. Holy shit. Yeah, so it eliminates yeah. three and four, but kind of if you want to really stretch, Supergirl is in this canon. <laughs> 100%. No, I didn't think about that, but 100%. Mm -hmm. All right, when, I, when I watched it, um, no, 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 that, that's a perfect way to, to jump into like where my, my head was when I was watching it was um, uh, I, Halloween did the same thing. Halloween and Halloween 2 starts like five minutes after the first movie ended. Then I think it was like Halloween 3. She's like, hey, I'll be in the movie, but you got to kill me off in the beginning. Like, get you know, get this over with. And then, you know, when they when they redid the recently the franchise, they acted like the rest of them didn't happen. And it's just one. One and two. 
Um, and with this, looked at it the same way. It's like, okay, I guess the rest of them didn't happen. And, and it's just one and two. A lot of it falls in place. And for the things that don't necessarily fall into place for me, uh, for it with me, um, I was like, you know what? Fine. It's just another, uh, it's just another like universe, like hand wave of it's another universe where some of the same things happened. Right. Because I mean, the, the fortress shouldn't be there. You know, the, so the fact that it's yeah. there, something is off. Um, the fact that his name is Superman and not Super Dad, I think is pretty evident in this film. He couldn't get over it while watching almost a, the whole movie. He, he is the worst dad in the DC universe if we just go by this movie, right? Like, we Well, it's like that. they call him, like, you know, Lex Luthor calls him a god, and didn't God impregnate a girl and then disappear? I mean, really. That's true. Zeus did oh, that God. shit all I the time. A... Uh. <laughs> so I wrote a whole thing about that earlier today with Superman, you know, like with DC's Holy Trinity, with Superman uh, being God, you know, with all with his powers as strong as they are. He freaking fly the planet backwards. Batman is kind of like the, <laughs> you know, the human version of God. So that'd be like, you know, Jesus when he's not, you know, walking. Walking on water, and then you got the spirit. There's more than one flash, you know. Like it, uh, DC's whole thing <laughs> with good. the Trinity. Even at the end of this movie, where Superman has a son, it's it just uh, it's they're really feeding into it without leaning into it entirely, which is weird. Because they, they could have had the guy who played uh, Passion of the Christ, Jesus. He wanted to play the Superman. Yeah. Jim Caviezel. He wanted right? to play the Superman. Like they could have just gone the whole way with it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, later in the movie, not to jump. Just ahead, made him when Christ he falls, <laughs> when he falls like this. I mean, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the, the, for me, there's a ton of that going on throughout throughout this entire film, way more than any of the other movies for whatever particular reason. I, you know, maybe it was that Passion of the Christ came out a year or two earlier, and they were trying to feast off of people's uh, vision of that. Mm. Well, I, I think this movie definitely suffers from 2006ism. Like the fact that it was made in a time like when superhero movies were long epic things, and we had like Passion of the Christ in the theater, and like I, I don't know, it just that that it, we had we had the remake of King Kong. This actually reminded me a lot of the remake of King Kong because I was watching it as I watched the remake of King Kong and went, "This is interesting but unnecessary." <laughs> like that was kind of my my take on it um but so grogan how do you think it, it fits in being essentially the sequel to supergirl well yeah i mean uh, obviously just the one thing from supergirl but like i mean superman 2 it's uh i mean obviously we accept that they had the baby so that was from the superbed thing from 2 um lex knows where the fortress of solitude is i guess so that's also 2 um, I guess there's enough, yeah, continuation where um, I'm trying to think. I don't know if there's more uh, connections, but uh, that makes sense. Like, you know, I mean, but I we, guess they got there. It was loosely, I guess, to, connected to support to. you. He stills in the in the, in the uh, Fortress of Solitude. And the chick said it. She was like, you've been hey, here it's before, like yeah. you've been here before. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
So and we still things. get the pronunciation of Krypton. So like that, that for me held it home. It's still. Which I know you're looking for every single time. <laughs> every yeah. single time. <laughs> so so let's talk about the cast then, because I think that's that's the big thing. This is this is in the Superman universe. Brandon Ruth is supposed to be Christopher Reeve. Um, whoever the hell plays uh, Lois Lane is supposed to be Margot Kidder, Lois Lane. Uh, who Kevin, real life villain Kevin Spacey uh, is supposed to be Gene Hackman. So, like, how do you guys uh, and Steve? I'll let you start on this because Ricky started last time. How do you guys feel that the cat they they did with the casting on this? Well, it's hard because that never works, right? Let's just call it what it is. Speed two didn't work. You know, Keanu Reeves wasn't in it. I mean, it didn't work for a lot more reasons. But I mean, let's just say you can't <laughs> you can't do. It's just, it's really hard to do. I understand it had to be done because it was like 20 years later, but um, you have to kind of suspend that a little bit. But I mean, as far as this movie was concerned, I don't think it mattered who played anybody. Like, it's just, you know, he looked like a Superman. Like, you know, roll him out. I'm sure they had a million headshots and was like, okay, this guy looks like Superman. We'll give him a curl and send him out. But I, I don't think that, uh, you know, I don't think it matters. I thought Kevin Spacey was great, actually. As Lex Luthor. What do you guys think? Nice. Yeah. No, Thank I'm you. I'm with you. Um, <clears throat> you know, we're all we all grew up in the 80s and the 90s. We saw uh, Fresh Prince when they brought in the new Aunt Viv. Like, <laughs> wasn't the same. Oh no 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 no. Yeah, you you can't bring in other people to play the same role. Like, you introduce new character. And I think that's what hurt this film in the long run is they tried to reenact the Christopher Reeves film move. You know, what they needed to do was reinvent the wheel. You know, um, when you had uh, Batfleck come out, he was, I don't want to say he was nothing like, uh, um, you know, the Batman before him, uh, Christian Bale. I don't want to say he was nothing like him, but he was kind of nothing like him. And then with the new Batman, He's kind of nothing like his two predecessors. You know, they're not asking him, hey, you know, play Christian Bale for us. You know, they're not, they didn't go to Joaquin Phoenix and go, hey, can you do that Jack Nicholson show? If they Imagine how bad that movie would have been if he did that. If they were like, hey, this, this <laughs> yeah. is like the prequel to Batman 89. We need you to be that Joker. Like, that's basically what they did here, you know, to, to feed off of Grogan. They, they, they introduced a, a whole movie of, of new Aunt Viv, and we were supposed to, like, take it for what it is instead of, you know, reinventing the wheel, putting a new coat of paint on it. The Aunt Viv theory. I think theory. that's what hurt like the it. movie in the long run. I, I do like that, the Aunt Viv theory. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I have to say that, uh, Rick, you actually hit the nail on the head about my feelings for this movie when you said... Um, they they're better off they would have been better off just doing something new because i actually think brandon ruth is a superb superman with what they give him i I mean i think they're telling him be christopher reeve and he's like all right i'm gonna be christopher reeve but i think like i've seen enough of him acting and i've actually seen him as superman in some of the the dc shows like he plays he re he reprises his superman role in like the arrowverse at some points for one or two episodes um, I would love to have seen this movie just go fuck Superman one and two. 
we're going to give you Lex Luthor is uh, Kevin Spacey and Brandon Ruth is Superman. Margot Kidder is this boring girl who I don't remember, uh, or Lois Lane, rather. Um, <laughs> and just give us something original, because I think the biggest problem I have with this movie is it's got a good cast that they're really trying to shoehorn into a Richard Donner Superman movie. See, as many things that bother me, bother me about this movie, that that doesn't really, like, I get that they had to do new people, and I almost like the fact that it's loosely based as a sequel, in a sense. So that doesn't really, I, I, I thought that was kind of cool, and you have to do the, like, I'm not imagining this guy is Christopher Reed. Let's just put it that way. And you guys talk about different universes. Let's just say that, like, you know, suspend that in your head and let these people continue the story, and I'm cool with that. So I don't know, like um, a full reboot. I don't know if I agree with that. I kind of like the fact that it jumps to the next thing. It's just that the rest of it is terrible. <laughs> I guess they kind of James Bonded. <laughs> they kind of James Bonded Superman in this then more than anything. Yeah, you have to. Yeah. I yeah, I didn't think about it that way. You, you know, you're still Bond. Get out there. Yeah, it doesn't bother me. It's just like the movie itself is shit. Uh, all right, so I think that this is the, the, the one one last question I have, and then I'll just we could just talk about our thoughts. Steve, you can tell us what shit about it. Ricky, you can tell us what you liked about it. Um, but, but Superman's kid, like I, I'll start with this one because this is my biggest problem with the movie: is what the fuck is going on here? Like, a this movie thinks that none of us know this is Superman's kid the second he's on screen. B, there are multiple scenes of this obnoxious fucking kid just like tooling around Lois Lane's office with that with um that's uh, Scott Summers, right? That that's it's Cyclops as her husband. Because mm -hmm. because this is a James Singer movie. Um and like again, she does she know that Superman's the father? Would she know? Like that nothing about the kid makes sense at all to me. I, I think that is the if there's one thing I would say that that is a pox mark on this movie, it is the kid, and and not that the kid exists. It's the way like don't don't treat us like idiots. Everyone should know that Superman's fucking kid. When Lex Luthor figures it out, it should be twenty minutes in the movie, and it should be to start the conflict, not to end it. If Lex Luthor would have had the kid the entire film, it would have been a better movie. What do you mean, like yes, him? yes? If he would have kidnapped and kept the kid in like some kind of kryptonite chamber thing, or if he would have kept the kid and since the kid never showed off any powers, kept him in a normal room with normal guards like he did, and then have there that be go. a way the kid I I blast everyone and turns in a bright bird. But there like you go. Bright bird. Well, I mean, said, they uh, missed an opportunity there. They did. Are we you have him come down the... to the planet and sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, come down to the planet. Go ahead. No, so like if you have him come down to the planet and Lois knows shit, this is Superman's kid. And Lex knows, but Lex doesn't care because Superman's out for a while. Like the people in the know who actually know who Superman are know that that's his kid. And the the the, the big reveal is 
oh, Lois Lane's kid kid was kidnapped. That sucks. I'll help her out. Wait a minute. That's my kid? Like, if that happens a half an hour into the movie, now we have stakes. We have a reason for Superman to be doing things. And we have stuff I care about. You know, and, and, and I think that would have been a better movie. Uh, but uh, Grogan, go ahead. Are we supposed to think that the kid is having breathing trouble because he's half alien and he's like a, like adapting? Or is it because she smoked while she was pregnant? Because obviously she's a fucking chain smoker. <laughs> or like what's like, and why did he only exhibit his powers when like he was angry? So that goes into a whole, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, they tease it all the way through and then nothing happens from it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, missed agree, opportunity that's there. A, that's the problem with it. I mean, one of the many problems with the with the movie. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So before, why do you before we think delve they made into Lex's, why do you think they made Lex's arm candy talk like a '40s gangster broad? I think the whole movie went that route and going with like. It's Superman. It's old timey. I think they tried to make it. Their attempt, I think, was to make it old timey and throwback, but also modern. And it doesn't work like many things in the movie. <laughs> yeah, so, and I think they're trying to get a Miss Tessmacher feel too, like a uh, you know, yeah. he needs that. like a gangster type thing, and yeah, like and that's the thing is, I think this movie was trying to do a lot of like, hey, hey, we're doing this. Do you remember you like this gimmick from the first one? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, but I mean, like, so, I mean, if you just start from the beginning, so Superman's gone, he flies into space all the time, and apparently he needs a spaceship to get to Krypton. Why is that? <laughs> Yes. It's far. Plot device? <laughs> it's far. I like that. It's far. I mean, yeah, you well, can walk, you walk the to the bodega, but you're not going to walk to Macy's. That's a good point. You walk to the bodega. <laughs> and why when he's remembering that he's like, you know, when he was a kid and running around, why does kid... Clark need glasses. Like, I understand that, like, he needs it as a disguise when people know he's Superman, but, like, when he's a kid, why does he need, why is he running around with glasses? Actually, that would break canon then because Clark in his high school photo when he went back was not wearing glasses in that picture. So, Clark did not wear glasses in high school. He did. In this one, his graduation photo in this one, glasses. Ah, and not same universe. As you remember, (laughs) Superman 3 was the one he goes back to high school in, and that's the one that's been erased from existence. Yeah, Ah. I mean, that that hour, that hour long scene. Yeah, (laughs) in three. (laughs) Hey, at least Jimmy Olsen's not hanging out with teens anymore, and he's a proper age for someone with that job. That did make sense. This, this is true. I did like Jimmy Olsen more. Uh, what did you guys think of of, um, of Lois Lane, though? Like, I've kind of made my feelings clear. Like, she's the one character. 
character we didn't talk about so far. You want to go, Rick? She lacks star power. Yeah, she. I'll just say it like that. She lacks star power. I don't know, but did Margot? I mean, really, is Margot Kidder? She didn't what, command the screen. And the original Lois Lane, good looking, good looking lady, but not like drop dead gorgeous. This Lois Lane is prettier than her, but did not command the same. For me, she didn't command the same amount of attention. You know, she didn't come on the screen, and your eyes were drawn to her. Original Lois Lane. You know, like I said, good looking. Maybe she's somebody's type. Not drop dead gorgeous. She wasn't like Brooke Shields or anything like that. But she commanded attention when she was Brooke on the Shields screen and were looking That's at it. her. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I think that was what hurt Lois here is Lois, you know, she I don't want to say she's eye candy, but she's got to draw attention to her one. Um, and she's got to be important. And I feel like in this film, she was neither important. She also didn't command any scenes for me. She just didn't draw enough attention. Okay. Speaking of her and Lois, can I, can I tell you what my problem is? Lois, in this movie, was thrown all around the plane when it was crashing. <laughs> she... she Got the shit kicked out of her by one of Lex's henchmen. She got a door slammed into her face when in, later on in the movie when they were like underwater. Never bleeds, no bruises, always pretty. She woke up like that. Yeah. There's uh, just some girls like that, Grogan. <laughs> There's some girls like that? All right. Grogan, maybe she's born with it. it rolled maybe over it's Maybelline. At and it puts maybe it's Maybelline. On. They walk down to the bodega and they just they just wake up like that. It is she literally it is. looks the same after. <laughs> I mean, really, getting it, it's completely ridiculous. I understand Superman having that, but not. I mean, a regular person. Let's assume she's a regular person. All right. So, serious question here. It's going to sound like a joke, but it's not. <laughs> She housed. <laughs> Sorry, Ed is here. Ed is with us. Yeah, Tom with Lois in the plane. This chicken fork and breathe in space. Lois breathed in space in this one. She was in a plane, but she breathed in space. They were floating. <laughs> we don't know that Lois isn't special. Okay. We don't know that. All right. Yet. So here she could be. Here's a my question, though. <laughs> she was able to conceive, carry, and give birth to a half Kryptonian godchild. Yes. Women and their children share important bodily, you know, fluids and functions, whatever, when they're in the womb. So is it possible that she might have a little super herself, you know, because she had super kid in her stomach? So now it's fucking Twilight? Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> Simply a question. All right. Fine. Yeah, I mean, she could just be a mutant. <laughs> Again, you yes. guys are writing better stories than the fucking movie is giving us. <laughs> That's because we're we're having a conversation and not just throwing plops of dog shit against the wall to see what sticks for the next Superman movie. Yeah. <laughs> we're using our brains to say words. 
Oh God, yeah. They did none of that <laughs> when writing these. No. Um. No. <laughs> go ahead, Rick. Go ahead. A uh, couple things I wanted to not miss out on before we uh, move on to the next thing. Superman can breathe in space, but they tried to kill him by drowning him. Yeah, yeah but that's that when he dope. had kryptonite in him. So kryptonite makes him breathe oxygen? Oh, yeah. No, but kryptonite makes him mortal, so water theoretically can kill him. It's kind of like a uh, what the <laughs> Sam Jackson, Bruce Willis thing. <laughs> oh, uh, unbreakable. unbreakable. Yeah. That's right. All right, so Superman can breathe in space, but he can also drown. Yes. Never thought about that. I mean, we haven't gotten to that, where he lifts the kryptonite island, which is completely fucking ridiculous. But go ahead. So, let's talk about lifting the kryptonite island. <laughs> I mean, that's at the end, though. I mean, there's let's a million... Talk, let's address stupid, it. Let's talk about it right many now. many stupid things that happened before that. But yeah, we could jump around this one, because who the hell... They didn't fucking make a plot, so who we, we cares? He lifts Moldova into the sky. Throw it and its citizens into the sun. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure they were all fine. <laughs> this was look, yeah. this was back before the PC police came around and said, hey, you can't mass murder people in my superhero movies. Yeah. It was a, it was a simpler time. <laughs> simpler time. <laughs> when scores of people could die by superheroes for our entertainment. I miss it. It was a good time. <laughs> How did they never show anything about the tsunamis that would be hitting New York's coastline? We also didn't discuss the fact that Metropolis has been moved from the Midwest to New York City as per the map in this film. So where's Gotham? Back in Chicago? Because Gotham exists. Was Metropolis in the Midwest? I always thought it was New York. My understanding is Metropolis, Metropolis is basically like Minnesota. Oh. I always I just know, thought of both as New York. And How about when Jimmy Olsen drove literally... to his hometown that was within driving distance and he was in the Midwest? Okay, fair enough. But how about the time the Twin Towers <laughs> were in Metropolis? I mean, this has been a crazy ride. <laughs> uh, that's true. The Twin Towers do... The Twin Towers do select this certain area. But before we even get to that, let's say, <laughs> middle of, okay, so middle of the movie, like, we see that Superman, obviously, like, all right, so he outs himself as Superman. Like, yeah, his coming out party was the stadium saving, whatever. And then he goes on his saving thing, which kind of is a throwback to one, and he's, like, running around. So, but, like, we finally see that he... What he does is he flies into space and just listens and then chooses what he thinks is the most important thing to do. <laughs> right? I mean, we always wondered why Superman do shows up. I understand that. But, I mean, like, so he just, he let babies crying and all this shit. And Superman's like, no, nah, I'm going after the guy with the gun. Which I guess is right. But because well, he can do something like he can go and take the gun from that guy, and that that issue is is done, right? But baby's crying. It's like, what's he gonna do? Commit to Paris <laughs> for the next twenty years? Superman's don't got time for that shit. 
That's true. I mean, if he's not going to take care of his own, why would he go help another one? Yeah, I, I think that was chimes a- in. <laughs> Isn't that what God supposedly does? Right? True. Listens in, grants what they want, gets away what they That's don't all. want. Yeah. It's like Santa Claus. When Superman flew up and was like, I hear everything, all that did was make me think of uh, uh, the comic book, um, What If Spider-Man Kept His Cosmic Powers, where by the end of it, he gives them away because his spider sense is so strong, he literally hears everything. Um, That's kind of a tortured Superman. Imagine you really hear everyone's cries and you have to choose who you can help. So now it's That's fucking heavy. Bruce Almighty. We never got any. <laughs> we, ne- we never got any on how heavy that is and how heavy the heart is of the world's superhero. Because he's not just in Metropolis here. He's in Germany. He's in France. He's in all, over the, all over the world saving people and doing things. And they never go into the toll that it takes on him and his soul mm-hmm. while he's playing God. Yeah, but I I think uh, another question we're not exploring is, uh, and it's a very important question that I wouldn't I wouldn't actually pose if Ed was here. Um, but if he can hear everything, doesn't that imply that? And he can hear everything where his intention goes to. Does that not imply that he listens to Lois Lane have sex? But he what? I mean, I'm sorry. He, he hears her do everything else. Does that not imply that he uses that to listen to Lois Lane have sex or do other things that he should not be listening to Lois Lane doing? Because as we know, she's the scream that always comes up in his head first. So he's always listening to her. I'm sure he does because we see him as a creepy voyeur and everything else in this. I mean, he, yeah. (laughs) I'm sure he does. Yeah, he does have that creepy voyeur moment. Yeah. He's staring at the house. He is a creeper. Gross. Ooh, you yeah, and he doesn't child, just man. stay and hundreds of yards away looking man. through the walls. <laughs> he flies up to the window <laughs> and stays right outside the window watching them. Yeah, like thinking a about how he was going to take Cyclops's girl. Yeah, <laughs> like the sexual tooth fairy. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so oh, yeah. he uh, he Done. I guess he hears he, whatever he's he out wants here to do. Walk away from his kids, ruin marriages. Yeah, I mean, there's a filter, I guess he has. And when so he goes down, he stops these guys from getting shot. And the reason I bring this up is because the guy's firing like the fucking Jesse Ventura from Predator gun at his chest, and nothing's going <laughs> through this suit. And that was ridiculous. later on, of course, the doctors just rip it off like it's nothing. But um it's like, you know, he had to show that he was Superman, so that's another Superman thing. And, you know, so getting shot in the eye. I actually thought the shot in the eye was a cool scene. Yeah. I thought it looked cool, but it was one of those things where it's like, what did you think was going to happen? Like, what did you, like, honestly, like, if, I, if I'm in a fight with someone and I pull a knife and I stab them and the knife doesn't go through their chest... I'm not going to go, I'm sure there's a better place in their body for this knife. I'm going to go, this knife's not going to work, man. I got to re-fucking calibrate. Yeah, I think it was Tim already who brought that up last week, where it's like, that's just what they do. Like, villains, they throw the gun at them, you know. 
So what would happen <laughs> if a la the boys, a superhero or villain were to run up his urethra and then turn right back into his normal size or Ant-Man go backyard and turn into his normal size. Like is your wanted to do the Thanos. We'll attempt that to Superman. Oh, that kills anyone, right? Like it would kill having someone become microscopic, go into your body, and then become the regular sized person kills like that. That's a god killer, right? You, like you could kill God with a capital G like that, right? Like nothing survives that. Huh. It's true. They should have a villain called the catheter that just does that to superheroes. <laughs> 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 Why did I call you? Ah! <laughs> and you will know the power of the catheter. Catheter. Yeah. <laughs> Every superhero's last words is, "Why do they call you the catheter?" <laughs> <laughs> he goes after Batman and Superman and all the guys who wear their underwear outside. <laughs> That's why they do it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fantastic. This superhero exists somewhere in the 60s. <laughs> I want it. I want it so badly. It's because you know it's like a, a 60s DC villain, right? Like it has to be. It has to yeah. be someone who fought Batman and like, I don't know, got something put up its ass or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can see that, like in the old Batman, where it's like when they, remember in the old Batman movie, where it's like it seems like a joke, the Joker. It seems like a riddle, the Riddler. <laughs> it's like my dick hurts, the catheter. <laughs> All right. All right. So- Moving on. Uh, any any other thoughts about about this movie? Because I I don't have much I don't have much else to say. I it, I thought it was kind of a boring movie to be honest. But uh, well, any other highlights? The, lifting the Kryptonite yeah. Island. Can we just talk about that for a second? For a couple a couple of reasons. First of all, he steps on the Kryptonite Island, right? And Lex Luthor and a bunch of guys beat the shit out of him. So he has obviously lost his powers stepping on the Kryptonite Island. Okay. He also can't fight. They whooped his ass. Well, he doesn't know how to fight. He's never had to fight before. It's true. All right. Yeah. So, it's so they're gone. beating the shit out of him, and he's a you know he's a normal guy. He falls in the water, and then they come save him. Whatever. Then Lois does surgery on him, which the doctors later in the movie don't know how to do. But Lois can apparently just fucking like open him up and take the kryptonite out. He goes back after getting <laughs> his powers back. She's a superhero. Lifts. The kryptonite island throws it into space which is you know the superman mo and then falls and they rush him to the hospital they rip off this suit that apparently a gun can't go through but they just rip it off but the syringe breaks on him and he's you know essentially dying now in comes lois to give him, I guess, first love's kiss to wake him up, and apparently we're in fucking Shrek. <laughs> Am I wrong? Did I say anything wrong in that no. whole fucking thing? No. 
No. That's the story as we know it. And then he's away. Yeah, I mean, that's now. that's pretty much it. Story as we know it. She kissed her true love and saved them. I mean, come on. It, it, it is counterpointing that the kryptonite was stinging out of his side and it was easy to take out. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> You could see it. You could see it. But she had to get through the suit. Well, I guess it was sticking. It went in through the suit because the suit's penetrable by yeah by the kryptonite. You know what? They did rip the suit like with their bare hands. Yes, they did, and it you, came you off like nothing. You see the suit like tear open along the length of his body. Yeah, uh, and you, you know, and that I, I don't know why that didn't bother me during that scene. It should that thing ripped off is- like a bar whore's Halloween costume. And that and... suit's been hit with everything. <laughs> However, some fucking scissors well, get that bitch right off of you. Yeah. What makes the suit powerful is actually Superman's skin. And once you move it away from the skin, you can just take scissors to it. Come on, guys. Come on. Hand wave that shit. Jesus. I mean, really? <laughs> <sighs> no. I mean, no. <laughs> all right. Fine. Go ahead, writer. Write it. While we're while we're on the suit, Lois acts like she'd never flown with Superman before, but then says, I forgot how warm you were. Yeah. Another interesting They're playing fast and loose. That's cheating, yeah. by the way. That's cheating. <laughs> Like you if, do that with reality, not life. This, how big a scumbag is Superman <laughs> that he he knocks her up, he takes off, he comes back, kisses her, she kisses him, tries to ruin her marriage, mm-hmm. but then he just also hangs around. Doesn't try to claim the kid, nothing. And the guy's and she's like, she's hanging around. Oh, my, do what he she does. goes, my guy flies. He's taking me up. He's like, not like this. Feel how warm I am. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Scumbag. And actually, yeah. We missed. We we didn't actually get the twenty minute prologue where uh, Lois tries to take him to call to court to get some like uh, money for the kid, and he's like, "I don't know. Try to DNA test me. Syringes go right through me, bitch. You're not getting anything from me. It's not my kid." <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Here's seventeen percent of my green crystal. Take it. <laughs> Don't throw it in the water. <laughs> Boy, I'll t- tell you what my dad said to me on my seventh birthday. It's called Krypton. <laughs> That's it. That's what he said. He uses cri- he, it's Krypton currency to pay his child support. It's really too bad we never got. It's really too bad That's we never bad. got a part two to this where Superman's. Son grows up and he's like 15 and eats his dad. This would have been. I think they missed another opportunity there. Superman part two, or he just oh god. Like, dad, it's the second weekend of the month. Can we play football? <laughs> Meanwhile, he's out of the universe <laughs> on it, out of spaceship somewhere. Yeah. I mean, at the end, when he goes in, <laughs> creepily, <laughs> creepily flying into the kid's window, like some freaking like a Peter Pan thing. And Talks to him while he's sleeping. And again, we never understand why he revives. We have to assume it's the kiss or whatever she whispered to him. But like it 
like there's no reason for him to be back. Reverse Sleeping Beauty. I'm just saying, Superman knocks you out. Lewis can't re- Lois can't fly in, in reverse time, so I mean they had to do something. <laughs> He's got to kiss him. That's the only the only way to end a Superman <laughs> movie is to fly the planet, kiss Lois, and, and you know erase her memory. <laughs> she went for one of the two actual finishes, you know. <laughs> right, that's it. You have two finishes saw- to a Superman movie. <laughs> That's right. She saw Superman 1 and went, I can't do that. Saw Superman 2 and went, I don't remember that, but I think I can do that. <laughs> Superman doesn't remember anything of their relationship. He's yeah. just very fond of this kid. We don't know how many people he's done this to. Do you think, well, or here's another question. Here's another serious question. Do you think anyone who Superman has had sex with Remembers they had sex with they've had sex with Superman, or do you think he's like grow hypno kissing each and every one of them? I'm pretty sure the chick from Superman three is pregnant and had a super baby, and is aware of it. Yes, all around the world is the just one as, with the well, red outfit. The, all around the world is just asthmatic kids throwing pianos. All yes. around the world, <laughs> everywhere. It's true. Wow. Superman 2, the search for child support. Yeah. Like... <laughs> He's inseminating the earth. All these chicks are like, dude, number one, I, I know you're American, and number two, I assume you have a job. So you're going to have to fucking do something about this kid that keeps launching shit through the windows. Every time he saves someone, he just finds no. whatever damsel in distress and just does that. That's actually the Kryptonian plan. They're not taking over the planet. They're breeding us out. Yes. Yeah. It's a yeah. Crypt, it's a Krypton prima nocta kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> Son, you've got to go and enact the Krypton prima nocta, which means you're going to have sex with lots of women, but you don't worry about it. You can just kiss them. They won't remember it. Yes. That's, <laughs> that's the last crystal. Mm, <laughs> oh, they sent... Superman here to repopulate the Earth to bring over there over here. Fun fact. Look at that. Fun hey, fact. This is this is how much research I do when we do these because I take it very seriously. I gotta hear so, where this goes. Um, <laughs> Lois, uh, when she's getting in the cab, says she lives at three twelve Riverside Drive. So of course I looked that up and. See where that is in New York, 312 Riverside Drive. And it doesn't exist, but there's all these stories about it. Turns out recently, like all these stories, if you look up 312 Riverside Drive, it doesn't exist, but all these like calls were made for like crimes and crazy things happening at 312 Riverside Drive. And they found out it was a crackhead just calling in like fake police, you know, like fake reports to the police and like it was happening for a long time they finally caught the guy and i'm wondering like it's a fake address this guy was calling it in. do you think he was inspired by this piece of shit that only appeals to crackheads i <laughs> i'm gonna listen. my personal I... canon is is that this is a hundred percent tied to it that that person saw this movie and went yeah all right you motherfuckers i'll show you what are the odds? I, that's that personal headcanon. That's what happened. 
The odds are pretty good. I'm sure that this crackhead was in the South Bronx in 2006. <laughs> and either he That's got the DVD, he either got the DVD player out of some out of you know down there's a uh, fire escape, and he went home and he smoked some crack <laughs> and plugged this in, and he heard that address and he just couldn't stop calling in fucking. See various crimes. See, Rick just wrote a movie I'd rather watch than this. <laughs> You, you know what? Me that'd too. Because I was going to say, I want to watch that movie. No, that'd be a great movie. It's about this crackhead that goes up and down the Grand Concourse fucking selling shit that he steals from people's cars or their apartments. Yeah. And he makes all these calls <laughs> while watching Superman Returns to the police. <laughs> it's starring Leonardo DiCaprio, if you guys didn't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would love to watch him as a crackhead. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, all right. So, anything, anything well, else has been returned? Any, any, any cleanup? And by the way, Ed would not have let us go down this rabbit hole this far. Ed would have yanked us back already. But, but you know what? I'm not Ed. All right, things are different on my watch. I hope Ed feels better. But yeah, I like the fact that we could just like rant like this without him putting us like you know. <laughs> Trying to try. There's no referee. Well, yeah. This is a game of 21 with three basketball players that have never played basketball and yeah. no referee. This is what it is. No this ball. is like, yeah, this is a this is like a therapy group with no therapist. I like it. <laughs> Look, this show is many different things for different people. It depends on what you need from it. Tonight you guys needed therapy. Tonight we look, we had the supergirl thing behind us. Uh, Grogan is still processing the trauma that was this movie, apparently. Yeah, it hurt me in my soul. <laughs> so is, is there anything else that we have? Oh, I, you know what? We didn't actually talk about it. It's one, one small thing we didn't talk about. I can't believe we didn't talk about it, but Frank Langella's in this movie. Mm. Frank Langella's Perry White. Yeah. Now, do you think Frank Langella did this like he did Skeletor just for his kids? And do you think, like his role as Skeletor, this is one of his favorites? I forgot that he did that. That he was Skeletor, yeah. But did I would... You forgot I that he did he Skeletor? Yeah, I did. DVD player. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I did read that he... Uh, him... Uh, uh, the Superman guy and the Lois girl all signed on pre-script. So they just wanted to be part of a Superman movie. <clears throat> that makes sense. Yeah. So that makes sense. Yeah, but um, um, one thing since we're talking about people that signed on, excuse me, uh, that's all the malt liquor I've had to pound while discussing this film. <laughs> it's, this episode brought to you by <laughs> Old English Eight Hundred because I was not going to drink good drink beer. It. While discussing this film, <laughs> old English, old English is the um, bug light of St. Petersburg, Florida. <laughs> you still have the ability to drink old English. I mean, I guess it's a Floridian thing. I didn't realize. Oh yeah, yeah, I'll probably be a mess while I wake up on the beach in the morning, still talking about Superman Four. Yes. Um, <laughs> but, uh, Chris Rock, I think, was uh, in the talks to play Jimmy Olsen in this film. How interesting would this film have been if Chris Rock was Jimmy Olsen? 
<laughs> so, we'll not better and not worse. Shit out of him. Yeah. But <laughs> keep Lois Lane's name out of your mouth. <laughs> I don't know. Definitely more interesting movie. I would agree. <laughs> we also have to talk about like when the when the Daily Planet, you know, planet was falling, and Superman catches it. And just lays it on people's fucking cars and destroys it. Like, out of all things, why not throw that into space so that someday people will be going by and the daily planet is floating in space? Missed opportunity. This is a guy that launches nukes into space. Everything goes into fucking space and this he has to destroy a car that a guy probably (laughs) saved up his entire life to buy. You know that shit's not covered because it's no. an act of terrorism. And like you guys know, I work in insurance and acts of terrorism are not covered. So all those people lost their cars. Right. <laughs> but now, Rick, I have a serious question for you as someone who works in insurance. Mm-hmm. If we lived in a world where there were superheroes, in particular a Superman, who would fight crime and habitually destroy property, you don't think there would be a superhero premium that you'd be paying? Like you'd be paying for it, it'd be extra, but there would be superhero insurance in this world. You could so what it would do is it would be treated like the hurricane premium. <clears throat> so in Florida, if you have like a loss, let's say uh somebody drove a car through your house, or which trailer. happens often down here, you know, thousand dollars, twenty five hundred dollars. <laughs> Wait, that car. happens often. It's Florida. So or <laughs> let's say like Superman throws an airplane through your house. Superhero deductible, it'll probably be like $12,000, $15,000. You can pay down for a lower rate, but since it's not going to happen often, you might leave it at that $12,000 route, and you'll be pissed when it happens. All right. So superhero insurance, not out of the question, but it would be expensive. (laughs) Yeah, and ultimately, ultimately, you know what? You made your point that these people probably would not have paid their superhero deductible insurance and therefore their cars are destroyed in their property. So yeah, all right, you've convinced me. Well, yeah, I mean, so much happens in, in well, the superhero in world. So You know what I mean? That doesn't really happen. I mean, you know, if you live in the city, the helicopters don't fall in the middle of the street usually. Um, giant kryptonite no. islands aren't growing in the middle of 2nd Avenue. I mean, like, there's a lot of things that just... You know, it's a different world. You know, so I'm sure. Yeah, no, for sure. I've watched superhero movies. I've watched these Superman movies. Going, what a hellscape it would be to be a non-powered person in a super, like living in a world with a superhero. Because why would anyone live in New York all the time? Yeah. Why would anyone live anywhere? Riches (laughs) collapse all the time everywhere. I don't know about you guys. I've lived 43 years in the world. I've never heard of a fucking bridge collapsing. I have watched these movies, and I've watched the San Diego Bridge snap and be destroyed 27 times. It's crazy. Yeah. I like San Francisco Bridge, not San Diego. That's a great term. We're Petersburg. The Skyway has been... The Skyway has been hit by a boat and collapsed, and there's another bridge around here that's been hit by a boat and collapsed. So it definitely happens. Those things happen like 50 and 
30 years ago, but it definitely happens. Malt down there. Everyone's drinking fucking malt liquor, so of course it happens. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But does it happen outside of Florida is the real question. No. No, It's it's, it's all down there. Florida is the fucking metropolis of the real world. I can't wait for... I can't wait for Grogan to move down here and start realizing all the things me and me and his parents have been talking about. Like, I know. All, no, <laughs> I, I lived there. I lived there for a year, and literally, Publix chicken is the best part about that entire fucking city. It's true. <laughs> Publix chicken, and as per Eddie Wingstop, and Wingstop, Eddie's all about the Wingstop down. I was down there, and it was in a. I was. Isn't there a Wingstop here? You're right. <laughs> no, there are. Are, are. I could walk to a Wingstop in 20 minutes. Oh, next episode, we Jason should just took away your entire fucking tourist attraction. <laughs> <laughs> the only reason to visit Tampa Bay is Bush Garden. Oh, by the way, Superman came to Bush Gardens. Fuck. What I'm do you mean? One that. Is that when he fought himself? <laughs> I don't know, but it was somewhere in the mix of this movie. There was a reference to Bush Gardens. Fuck, it's escaping me. Really? Sorry. I've had a, quite a bit to drink in preparation of this uh, conversation. No. That's fair. Someone, look, as, as since you took my role, it was your imperative. You needed to get drunk. I had to actually be a bit sober to take Ed's role tonight. It's it's a weird dichotomy, but so thank you for picking up the mantle of drinking as the co-host. Yeah, that sucks. I knew the job, but I knew it was hard, but I was ready for it, you know? Nice. Eddie, Eddie, Eddie texted me this morning, and he was like, hey, RJ Connection, you guys got it today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, all right. So um, I'm going to say one more thing about Florida, and then I'm going to we'll say our ending piece. But I think if you guys have bridges being destroyed this often, then someone needs to step up and just become a fucking Floridian superhero because apparently the world works differently over there, and it might happen. Maybe you guys need a Superman or a Superwoman. Uh, no, super we'll just keep shooting alligator. at hurricanes. <laughs> now we'll just keep shooting her hurricane. You both came. <laughs> you both came through at the same time, and I, Grogan, you said a super alligator, and Rick, you said shooting hurricane. So I pictured super alligator versus his arch nemesis, <laughs> Doctor Hurricane. <laughs> Better movie than what we just watched. It's true. It's on Sci-Fi <laughs> Network. Came out last year. Fucking super gator versus hurricane. The closest thing that Florida, (laughs) the closest thing that Florida has to Superman is that everyone there is in a fucking wheelchair. Oh my god! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, (laughs) oh, oh man! Yeah, that's my right. So. Rick, what are your closing thoughts about Superman Returns? Closing thoughts on Superman Returns. I didn't go to the bathroom when I watched it. So I guess that's good. Because you're wearing a diaper because you live in Florida? (laughs) 
<laughs> For the most part, <laughs> as I rolled into the lagoon while watching this movie on my phone, I thought about, you know what? I didn't go to the bathroom, not one time. So that's, <laughs> hey, that's, that's something. That's There's something to be said for that. That's because you didn't want to pause it because it would have made it longer. Oh, God, no, it would have forced me to restart it. <laughs> the, reason, the reason I never paused the oh, film no. is because it would have given me the decision to restart it. So it's so, sad. Rick, that, that actually just counter, countermands what you were saying because the whole reason you didn't pause it to go to the bathroom is because you were afraid you had to restart it and watch it from the beginning. <laughs> Uh, but all right, all right. So, Rick's final thoughts. He never, he never went to the bathroom. Um, Grogan, you have final thoughts on this movie? Uh, no, Grogan hated it. It was uh, all right. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I've, uh, I, I think I gave a good synopsis of like how that went. But um, you did. Anyone who hasn't seen it, who's watching this right now, I mean, I described it as. It is, and if you want to do it and give HBO Max the, what is it, fourth viewing of this, then go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) So Steve is insinuating that Ed Kavis did not watch this fucking movie. That is why he's not here. That's why he didn't show up to work today. This flu is bullshit. I'm going to say this. Dude, Eddie I, never watched this film ever <laughs> and called in and used PTO because he didn't do any work. Yes, he did. Um, that motherfucker. As much Burn as I would as much as I would as much as I would like to stoke that 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 rumor and make that a thing. Um Ed is Ed does this thing where he doesn't miss like he, he didn't miss Supergirl, right? And when he was on double O deep dive, he didn't miss Moonraker. He doesn't miss the worst of things, but he misses the second worst of things. We did, and I think that's what this is, right? I mean, I don't even think this is the second worst, honestly. I think this is actually the third best, if you could imagine it being the third best. But uh, Ed definitely watched this movie. Ed texted me and said, and I'm quoting here, I cannot believe anyone thinks this is better than two or three. So if had Ed been on here, you guys would have been really arguing, Grogan. <laughs> Yeah, no. I'll see. I, when, when Ed gets better, we'll be in a bar and I'll argue with him about it. But you know, for right now, you know, I'll just accept that he well, didn't watch it. For... No, when enough, he texts me tomorrow, I'm gonna be like, "All right, Ed, you watched that movie, right? Did Jimmy Olsen have a mustache? Oh, you're gonna quote <laughs> what him? color shoes did Lois wear in every scene? Yeah, yeah, you should." In all fairness, I couldn't answer these questions. He's going to get a fucking pop quiz. Yeah. (laughs) And why is Superman's whole outfit sitting on a chair in his hospital room? (laughs) We're going to ask him all these questions. Burning questions. All these questions and more on next (laughs) Granny's I guess my final thoughts about this movie is I found it... I found it kind of boring. I didn't like it. I didn't hate it. Like, I, like I don't. I'm not in your camp, Grogan. I don't think it's the worst thing ever. Rick, I didn't love it as much as you did. It's, it's kind of like there's one and two, which are the good ones. Then there's this. 
than this four and three in Supergirl because like, Supergirl's not a movie. Three is barely a movie, and it's not a Superman movie. It's not. And four is the bare minimum you can have of a movie, in my opinion. So it's like the fact that I'm rating this as high as I am make it makes it sounds like I really enjoyed it. But I want to be clear that I didn't. I just don't think it's as bad as the other stuff I've watched. Okay, I mean, as far as a final thought on it, let's let's put it this way. Okay, so it makes me think of like one hit wonders. Okay, like Nina, who did ninety nine Love Balloons, right? Probably there was a whole album behind that, and she probably thought, okay, I'm on my way. I'm going to be the next. Yeah, like I'm I'm going to be big, and she isn't. And ninety nine Love Balloons sits where it is. What pisses me off is that like this movie, like people work on it, and like you. All the, they thought they had something good, and it's forgotten. And it makes me sad for people with ambition because sometimes, you know, you hear on like in the movies and everything. Oh, I have all these ambitions, and as long as you believe, you'll achieve greatness. And these people had ambition and achieved this, and it made me feel bad for everyone for humanity. That is my closing thought on the movie. Sometimes you get Superman returns no matter how hard you try. Wow. I should say See, that in a church your point somewhere. Is, your point is why I like bad movies usually, and I guess that just shows you the kind of person I am because I like to watch people go in with all of their hearts and desires and come out with crap. Like Troll <laughs> 2 was why that. Why do you like that? Troll? You sadist. <laughs> because there's here's the thing because I'm never going to do anything great in my life <laughs> in Krogan, and so I, I like to watch people fail at doing great things because <laughs> I'm miserable okay that's it that's what it comes down to Jason's review Superman Returns makes me feel better about myself <laughs> that's right that's right <laughs> That's the oh, best right, review I've heard. I think, no idea. I think, <laughs> I think that's a cap for Superman Returns. Yep. I don't think we're going to get anything more from this movie. Uh, <laughs> Rick, Grogan, thank you for joining me tonight on our, our only, like, endless one. So at this point, we're on, we're on, like, episode 93, but now Ed and I have only been on 92 episodes. Aha. Oh, yeah, what is that? Destro sponsored by Conor That's McGregor awesome. now. I love it. I <laughs> love it. This is what it feels like to have other people bring their action figures on. It's amazing. Um, but thank you. Mine for, are uh, always so randomly today, sitting around, so there'll always be a weirdo fucking rando toy appearance. I've always got to think because I have so many of them. I've always got to, and they're not at my disposal here where I do the show. So I always have to think to bring them in, but. Uh, but anyway, thank you for joining me tonight, gentlemen. Thank you, uh, audience, for joining us for this Superman Returns deep dive. Uh, if you want more of uh, Granny's PhD, please follow us on Facebook. We have a lot of stuff going on there, a lot of crazy stuff, always a lot of fun videos and fun memes being shared. If you like what you heard here, please join other shows on the network we got uh, am i in the air with don covers very similar things to us so i'm not sure what he's covering this week because i didn't do my homework but check him out he's usually pretty amazing 
uh, Rick and I were talking about them backstage. Uh, yes, you, listen to Don Mega's uh, uh, opening theme song. It's awesome. He should make it available on YouTube. There you go, yeah. There you go. There you go. Ring endorsements. For no other reason, go listen for that theme song. Uh, <laughs> if you are into Star Wars, and I know uh, Tim has got, uh, who's, I'm surprised Tim didn't show up today, the Kryptonian Defender. Tim has got uh, the Shoot the Sith, which he has been doing all sorts of Star Wars related things. He is with Eric on the A to Z program, which usually goes Friday nights. He does um, the, the wrestling show with, uh, forgetting what it's called right now, I'm blanking on it. I usually have it written down. Uh, but with they a do the Just Too Sweet one. The, yeah, the Just Too Sweet one is the, the Just they just too sweet. Thank you. So many names. So many I watch names. all you guys. I'm a fan. I'm, I'm in. Thank you. I appreciate. I appreciate that. We all appreciate that. <laughs> uh, I don't know what sports is going on, but there are multiple sports things going on. I think we're done with with baseball. That's why Eddie has been around more. But uh, I think football <laughs> is around. I know Bossman Farachi has football stuff going on. Put it in the book. So just, yeah, just go to the website. Coming, go to the website so. and check it out. It's all fun stuff. That's right. Place your bets now. And if you don't place your bets without listening to Faraji. He knows what he's talking about. That's right. I'm it's a gambling gonna... show. I don't know. I'm just saying that. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, <laughs> so maybe Grogan, we should get a real grand gambling show going on. No, I'm not. I'm... The cubbies. No, but that's a, good, that's a good point. I should watch theirs before because I'm getting murdered. But yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, look, I don't actually know if they talk about, if they talk about gambling. I don't. I know nothing yeah. about sports, so I'm always just faking it when I'm talking about the sports stuff. But yeah. I figure gambling sells and sex sells. So Damn I don't know. Maybe they're, they're definitely sex gambling. On the show. I don't know. Check it out. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't we all every single time? Um, yes. <laughs> but anyway, thanks for joining us. We'll be back next week. Uh, we don't know the day yet, and, and I to sort of hash it out but we're gonna be back with uh i believe it is the end of our superman run with brightburn uh which i have never seen me neither uh grogan I've and rick it. uh grogan's never it. seen it rick you've seen it so i'm, it's I'm excited gonna be a circle jerk. Talking about brightburn it's gonna be next lovely week. I'm, I'm very excited i'm very excited for all the pearl necklaces that are gonna go around um <laughs> so anyway <laughs> Why just set me up for that? Anyway, thank you for joining us, and we will see you next week with Brightburn. Uh, peace. <laughs>